Greetings. My name is Paul Lawler. I have the honor of serving as the lead pastor of Christ Church Memphis, and I'm with Keith Boyette today, who is a part of the Global Methodist Church and leads as the Transitional Connectional Coordinating Officer of the Global Methodist Church's Transitional Leadership Council. Keith, welcome. Glad to have you with us today. Thank you, Paul. Wonderful to join you. Well, as we welcome you here today, I'd like to begin with a fun question. And the fun question is, Keith, what is your favorite book or books or movie or movies? So I'm going to give you my favorite authors. How's that? That's excellent. Um, That'll get you to the books. I love action novels. And so Tom Clancy, John Grisham, David Baldacci, Daniel De Silva, any books in that genre, I eat up. In fact, from the time I got here last night until I joined here at Christ Church, I read a novel by Lee Child. I can go through them really quickly. It's fascinating that you share that, that whole genre because each of those authors not only have an ability to tell phenomenal story, but they all have this ability to weave subplot in with the overall plot that really keeps the reader engaged. So, Precisely. Yeah. Keith, thank you for that. We've probably inspired some other people to go to the <laughs> bookstore or order something off Amazon today. So, Keith, I want to ask you just a few questions today, and I think we're only going to spend 20 or so minutes together. We'll make this kind of an easy listen for people that may be driving to work or loading the dishwasher or whatever the case may be. But I've got just a few questions, and the first one as Christ Church and other churches that may be represented among our listeners are considering where to affiliate as they disaffiliate from the United Methodist Church, why is the Global Methodist Church a good choice? Well, thanks, Paul. That's a great question. I would tell you that we are singularly focused on Jesus and his mission in this world. And you might think that all denominations All groupings of churches are that way, but I've found that unless we make that a focus, that we drift, we become personally oriented. We are are focused on serving Christ, on sharing about Christ with others. We are focused on being a movement of Christ. We're focused on trying to resist the, the tendency of groups to become institutional and bureaucratic. We're trying to keep our member churches focused on making disciples of Jesus Christ who worship passionately, love extravagantly, and witness boldly. So that centrality of mission is so key into who we are and why I think churches ought to join us. You know, as you share that, Keith, one of the things that I and many others potentially look forward to is, in light of what you just said, is attending maybe denominational gatherings where people really are equipped. They're equipped in how to share your faith with your friends. They're equipped in how to make disciples. They're equipped in how to be on local mission. They're equipped in how to be on mission globally and align with global missional partners. And so what you're sharing, you're saying so much just in terms of our being potential on the cusp of a new day. That, that's very encouraging to hear. Here, here's a second question. We realize that any movement has to have structure. If you don't have structure, you're a little hyperbole here, but you're an amoeba. You mm-hmm. have to have structure. And so as we move forward, we're aware that a part of the structure is accountability and 
in that lens, how in the future will bishops in the new denomination be held accountable in the Global Methodist Church? Sure. Well, bishops are but another office within the church of ministry. Bishops are not elevated over the laity or, for that matter, other clergy. We stand on common ground before the cross. So bishops are held accountable by laity and clergy who will be put in that position of providing oversight for, helping to develop, and holding accountable bishops. Bishops will also be held accountable by the areas in which they serve because bishops can be changed on the initiative of the annual conference that they might be providing Episcopal supervision for. Instead of being held accountable by their peers, other bishops, they're being held accountable by those that they serve in a real sense. That word is really important. We see bishops as servants of Christ, not as people who've been elevated to a position to which others must defer. Mm-hmm. Very well said. Well, Keith, as you touch on the office and the servanthood in the office of bishop, how would you say a little bit more about just the role of bishop in the Global Methodist Church? Sure. We've emphasized some very specific aspects of the role of the episcopacy of bishops. They have the primary function of preaching, teaching, and communicating the faith ensuring that it is communicated and people are inspired and encouraged to follow the faith. They're responsible for mentoring clergy and laity to help them reach their full potential as Christian leaders. And they're responsible for casting vision and holding the church accountable to that vision, which is you know, making disciples of Jesus. There's a thousand other things we could do as a church, but our primary mission is to be sharing the message of Christ, helping people come to faith, and discipling them as followers of Jesus. And bishops are charged with that overall responsibility of directing, equipping, and challenging people to achieve that. That's profoundly encouraging. And Keith, as you share that, not only is that inspiring just to, just to process and to imagine that new day, we're also mindful that historically Methodism in its originality was a movement. And that went on for hundred, over 100 years in terms of the way England, portions of Europe, as well as North America were touched from everybody from the Wesleys to the circuit riders that came years in the emerging years. And so with that, that in mind, the question I would have is, how will the Global Methodist Church be nimble enough to be a movement again? Sure. You know, the history of movements is they start out nimble, but then people want to codify what they see as the best in the movement, and they start to put restrictions on We want to keep it simple. We want to make sure that we're grassroots-focused, that we're permission-giving within the broad boundaries so that there's not a lot of institution and bureaucracy for people to have to jump through. I see the role of the Global Methodist Church as setting the broad parameters of who we're to be and to enabling and empowering people to be the persons that God has called them to be in the mission of the church. 
we will cease to be movemental when we try to control everything mm. that happens, where we think that one person or one group of people ought to be the sole decision makers for everything. We have to trust one another, that God has raised up each person to be his witness and servant. And so I believe that that will keep us nimble, that desire to empower people, to be permission-giving, to keep things local will enable us to be more effective in reaching people for Christ. All right, so that's very helpful. Keith, I'm going to just, again, right off the response you just shared, I am mindful that there are many pastors. So this is going to be a question that's really more, maybe more for a lot of pastors that may be listening. But there are pastors that have a longing in their heart to see the church multiply churches. And so in the Global Methodist Church, when pastors are longing to serve and lead in this way, and it's nimble and it's movemental, what's the process? And in that process, how nimble can we be? You know, how proactive can we be in church planting? Sure. Well, I would say that our vision for church planting is that anyone who senses the calling, the prodding of God to do a church plant, to create something new, ought to be resourced and empowered by the church. That would be true of clergy and laity. In fact, I believe some of the most significant and effective church plants in the future will be because God has begun to move in a group of lay people, and perhaps a clergy person is called to the team later, is deployed to the team later. One of the five missional priorities, I would say for us, is this concept of multiplication. We believe every believer ought to be reproducing their life with Christ in other persons so that we have spiritual sons and daughters. Every leader ought to be raising up the next generation and the next generation of leaders. We ought to be sowing into others. And every church, I mean, my vision would be that every global Methodist church would have a vision of planting another church, whether they do it in partnership with other churches or they have the ability to do it themselves. And it wouldn't be just around the corner that they would be doing it in parts of the world that still desperately need to hear the gospel. Amen. That's so well said and also extremely exciting. I want to encourage the listener, if you've never gone to the Global Methodist Church website, to do so. And Keith, would you remind us of the name of that website? Sure. It's globalmethodist.org. No spaces. Globalmethodist.org. Yeah, and I, I want to encourage you to go there and explore not only the frequently asked questions, but also the scope of this movement that's already emerging. And you've got the latest information around how many churches are already officially a part of the Global Methodist Church. Could you say a word about that? Sure. Just here in the United States, there are already 1,400 churches that are congregational members of the Global Methodist Church. We are receiving typically 50 to 75 churches a week here in the United States. And globally, for example, this morning I received a report of 50 new churches planted in the Democratic Republic of Congo just since the first of the year, 4,000 new believers. Very excited about this. Absolutely. And I think you had shared also, or you may have referenced, that already there have been a certain number of new church plants. Could you say a word about that? Here in the United States, there have been more than 50 
uh, new church plants, and I'm referring to them as what I would call true church plants. We do know that in this season, as churches are making decisions about their future, that in some churches there has been a division where the church has divided and maybe two churches have come out of it. I'm not counting those kinds of churches in that number. Although they're important, it's just they're not pure church plants. In some ways, they're the same church replicating itself. Well, Keith, you have just illustrated not the only reason, but one of the reasons I'm passionate about being a part of the Global Methodist Church. Let me explain. One, historically, Wesleyans have always been connectional. And I want to be a part of something that's connected with something that's larger, that's, that transcends who we are as individuals, but also enhances what we can do together for the glory of God collectively. And when we're aware that this is a movement that's officially less than one year old, one year, and already because of the scope of who she is, our, and births are always a little messy, I want to validate <laughs> that, but already there are 50 new church plants. Now, loved ones, listener, as you're processing that, think exponentially what potentially could happen in the years to come. We are mindful that our nation right now and the nations not only need the gospel of Jesus Christ, we're mindful just in this hour in the United States alone with political polarization, racism raising its head again, and plethora of other issues, high crime in our cities, I do believe the cliche, the church is the hope of the world. And already we are seeing symptoms of emerging movement in these early days. We want to pray into this. We want to move with hope in this connection, in this Wesleyan movement that seems to be experiencing a rekindling, a flame in this hour, as we note God recently doing a new work on the campus of Asbury University and the birth of the Global Methodist Church and the momentum we're seeing not only with 1,400 churches already a part of the denomination, but with 50 new church plants. This is an exciting day. Keith, Thank you for being with us today. This is so encouraging, and we are looking forward to the days ahead. Thank you for your leadership. We, are, we, we thank God that he's raised you up for such a time as this, and so we appreciate you. We're praying for you, and thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Paul. It's been a real joy. I pray for you, for the ministry of Christ Church, and for what God is doing across the state of Tennessee in these days. Thank you for who you are. Amen. God bless you, and thank you.